I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, September 14th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, some big news. We're hosting our Bet on Canada Summit on November 8th. It's going to be in Toronto at the 111. And it's this amazing opportunity to hear firsthand from some of Canada's most talented business builders. But do you know what the best part of the agenda will be at the summit, Jay? I feel like you're going to tell me. What is it, Brett? Oh, it's going to be us, Jay. We're doing a live recording of the podcast. That's right. I even surprised you about it. In person, (laughs) November 8th. For the first time ever, we're doing it live in person. Are you excited? I am excited. And you know why I'm excited? Because I'm getting my practice and you might be able to hear in the background, I'm actually at a trade show right now in Toronto. So being with real people in real life is exciting and doing a podcast with you on November 8th, that'll be a big deal, Brett. See, now I feel like I'm being cheated on, Jay. I, I thought <laughs> we were going to do it for the first time at our trade show, not at that trade show, whatever you're at, but that's okay. We'll be doing it together at the Bet on <laughs> Canada Summit. I'm excited about it. And, you know, Peak Pals, they don't really know what kind of goes on behind the scenes and how many mistakes are made. And so we're going to have to try and do a clean <laughs> run on, on that one. Well, that'll be the pressure on me because you generally do a clean run. I'm generally one we have to retake and reformat for. So, Brett, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. And we've got another great basket of stories for the Peak Pals today. For our first story, Twitter v. Musk is heating up. For our second story, bad inflation numbers are coming out of the U.S. And for our last story, the government is struggling to collect COVID loans. For our first story, as we await the start of Twitter v. Elon Musk, October 17th, if you want to mark your calendar for that, the final pieces are falling into place for the tech trial of the century. Brett, I've been looking forward to this like all quarter. What's the latest in our favorite business battle? Yeah, I've got a big clock in my bedroom counting down to the court date. Twitter shareholders voted in favor of Musk's $44 billion deal yesterday. With Musk's offer officially accepted, its final fate is now in the chancery, the Delaware chancery, Jay. (laughs) The shareholder verdict was no surprise, Brett. Musk agreed to buy Twitter for $54.20 a share. And as of Tuesday afternoon, Twitter's share price was at $41.77. And who doesn't love to sell high? Meanwhile, also in the tri-state area, very close to Delaware, Peter Zatko, former Twitter head of security turned whistleblower or ace in the hole for Musk's lawsuit, testified before the U.S. Senate about Twitter and national security. In addition to previous complaints, Zatko added new accusations about Twitter's security flaws and alleged it's possible for staffers to take over powerful accounts. Hands off the peak on Twitter, Twitter. And at one point, Zatko was asked if he would buy Twitter if he had the money to which he laughed and said, I guess that depends on the price. Hilarious. I wonder wonder if the price, what if the price was $54.20 a share? With the deal approved and Zatko firing shots, Each side has their final piece in place on the chessboard. Now we're set for the series finale, so get your popcorn ready. For our second story, higher-than-expected U.S. inflation numbers have cleared the runway for the Federal Reserve to deliver another big rate hike, a realization that has sent markets into shock. Jay, Jay, could we see the dreaded 100 basis points hike now? It's absolutely possible, Brett. Markets are now pricing in a near-certain 0.75% percentage point increase from the Fed next week, which sent the S&P 500 index crashing down 3%. The U.S. dollar index was up 1.1% since higher rates would mean more investor money flowing into the U.S. Meanwhile, the Canadian dollar, euro, and pound, they all declined. Here's what's happening. Higher costs for food and rent lifted the U.S. consumer price index 0.1% last month, so the opposite of what economists thought would happen, and 8.3% from this time last year. 
Well, that's well above economist expectations and the 2% inflation target, but a slight fall from July thanks to basically cheaper gas. Another worrying development, core inflation, which excludes some food items and energy, came in almost double estimates. CorePay's chief market strategist told Reuters. Now, in Canada, what the Fed does matters because the Bank of Canada's decision are driven in part by what's happening south of the border since both economies are inextricably linked. And if we zoom out, are you going to zoom out? There we go. The strength of the U.S. dollar matters, too. As the dominant currency in global banking, the growing demand for greenbacks has started to throw other currencies and economies out of whack. And for our last story, the federal government gave small businesses $49 billion in pandemic loans, but forgot one crucial part of doling out tons of cash, a plan to get it all back. Now, driving the news, the government may be unable to recoup upwards of $5 billion of loans given to businesses through the Canada Emergency Business Account, SIBA. Now, per a report that was obtained by the Globe and Mail. The report estimates that at least 100,000 borrowers will need to be chased down and that 40,000 of them weren't eligible for loans in the first place. To make matters worse, the report said the program has no mechanism to seek out and collect from those who did not repay, which feels like something it probably should have built into it. (laughs) And if we zoom out, are you going to zoom out again? There we go. The Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses, CFIB, said the government should seek fraudsters, but it shouldn't hound valid recipients struggling with pandemic debt. Now, last month, the CFIB found that 62% of businesses, they still carry pandemic debt while insolvencies continue to rise. It also recommended increasing the forgivable portion of the CEBA loans and extending the repayment deadline for partial loan forgiveness. And here's why it matters, Brett. Rolling out a massive program without the proper safeguards was a massive oversight, and now it looks like the Fed's pockets are going to pay the price. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. Brett, have a good Wednesday. Yeah, you too.